the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I am Spud Goodman. Spud <laughs> <Bud> Goodman. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. You know, I like to think we are the most user friendly radio show on the air. I said I like to think, you know, I can't verify that we are, in fact, the most user-friendly show around, but can anyone prove beyond a reasonable doubt that we are not? You know, th- that wouldn't be an easy task, as there are a billion radio programs out there. It would take a buttload of man-hours to thoroughly evaluate all of our competitors. So, without, you know, that thoroughly professional evaluation, this comes down to our word against someone on another show's word. I choose to take our word. So there you have it. We are number one. Yes! I should now introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Can you give us a quick chuckle? Nothing too demanding, uh, just a regular old chuckle. Um, oh, here you go. <laughs> oh, that was not one of my best, but yeah. you said don't stress it. Well, you know, it was fine. It wasn't your best, uh, but it, it'll work. Oh, and fine. now I'm obligated to introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, you can pipe up now, but, but make it brief, please. Well, okay. What does pipe up even mean? Well, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I would appreciate an opportunity to fully express myself, but I know that won't be happening as you are threatened by my skill level. Listen, levels, I, but, listen I'm not I, threatened, but but I am looking out for well, the welfare of our listeners, okay? They should not have to be subjected to your onslaught of, of misinformation, onslaught. Uh, to be put to sleep by your banality, uh, and, and to undergo an assault on their senses, basically. So yeah, I, I must look out for my fellow man and limit your babbling. It's the least I can do. Yeah, well, it's your loss, because yeah, I could I bring so. so much more to the Spud Goodman Show. Mm. Oh, that is terrific. And I will gladly accept that loss. Uh, now now I must introduce our show's intern. Uh, yeah, uh, the most popular person on the show. So uh, there, was that good enough? I thought it was kind of disrespectful to not clearly enunciate my title. Maybe. A title that is backed up in data. I am the most popular person on this program, according to our listener research. That is humbling, yes, but I put in the work and preparation to have earned this position. That's so hot. Have you? I mean, really earned it? I don't think so. I could very well be the hardest working intern in the radio world. Sure, the bar is set pretty low as who really works hard for no pay. An attaboy will only get a station so far, but I do my thing here solely for the love of my life, Dorothy. She feels when I graduate from community college, an amazing evaluation from our station will open a lot of doors for me. Not in radio, as that's a dead-end business, but maybe in some important profession. Oh, honey, 
this is an area that you should keep to yourself. (sighs) Of course, you will very soon be in a job that is worthy of your brilliance and skill set. But no need to poke you-know-who in the eye about your bright future. How long do you think you can keep your friends safe from me? I know, Dorothy, but... It is really hard to hold my tongue around Spud. Uh huh. I have a lot of resentment built up over the time I've worked on the show. And hey, hey, guys, you- hey I'm, I'm right here in the studio, you guys. Come on. Uh, sweetie, just be the bigger person and let's move on here. Uh, yeah, being the bigger person is the right advice, Aunt Dorothy. And uh, yeah, as if he could even pull that off. So I'm going to have to handle the honors. And now move on to a topic I- I've wanted to discuss for a while. It's something that I have touched on previously, but I- I've never heard any final decision. I, I still have hopes that-, that you, Aunt Dorothy, will come to your senses about tying the knot with this little punk. <laughs> Seriously, I-, I know you might not feel real comfortable discussing this on the air now, but, l- but later you're going to thank me for this effort. Uh-uh. You know, cause I-, I think you and Chance need to, to come up with a firm, legally binding prenuptial agreement, you know, with an attorney not scribbled on some post-it. It will relieve a lot of future legal fees when your marriage to the young man over there uh, goes down in flames. Not a joke. Uh, yeah, Mrs. Jarvitz, I, I gotta tell you, I'm not really a proponent of those prenuptial agreements, but, but in your case, uh, with Chance, I find myself in agreement with Spud. It it really, it only makes common sense. Well, I disagree. Well? There's no need at all for Chance and I to enter into a negotiation on the settlement of property and finances prior to our marriage. Prenups are for those who were never that into getting married in the first place. And it only makes common sense. Why would Dorothy and I sit down and agree on what we would each get if we file for divorce? Planning for the failure of our marriage? Like, what happens if it all blows up? It's kind of ass backwards, don't you think? Oh, not at all. From my aunt's perspective, she has accumulated a lot of really cool stuff over the years. In addition to her savings, pension, and social security, she needs to know that if you go off and find some young thing, you won't take her for everything she has. Oh, you know, I've been watching that uh, Dirty John TV show, and my gosh, there are sure a lot of gigolos out there. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not a juggalo. I don't mind the insane clown posse, but I'm not a huge fan. Their songs are kind of repetitive and not a lot no, of melody. No, no, it's not juggalos, dude. He was referring to gigolos. And you, you know the guys who you know are out to take women for all they're worth. Uh, you know... And Dorothy, I am confident you had a chance here screened by one of your... There's so many services out there who check people's backgrounds. No. Because if not, I will spring for the fees. As no offense, Chance, uh, I still have suspicions about your true intentions. Good call, yo. Yeah, you know, I'm also a bit curious about this, uh, well, I guess rather unusual relationship. Why the hurry to get married? You've only been engaged a little over a year. Uh, You know, in my family, we generally get engaged in high school uh, before we head off to BYU, and then we marry after graduation from college. Now, on my wife's side of the family, they're rather unconventional, and they often marry following shorter courtships. And I did have to tell her to pump the brakes at the end of our senior year in high school because she wanted to marry then before we left for BYU. But uh, later, she yeah, okay, came okay. to realize that the wisdom was in waiting. That's ridiculous. Uh, what does that story have to do with my aunt You know, pursuing a prenup with Chance be- well, before they get married? It was totally unrelated and a waste of airtime. 
Yeah, that was a random story for oh, sure. Oh, boy. Can we not have this discussion off the air, please? Um, I'm just sorry, Aunt Dorothy, but we have a show to do. And this, let's be honest, it's an interesting topic. Uh, you know, we can multitask here. <laughs> Maybe prevent like a potential financial catastrophe should Chance, you know, dump you for some young chick and productively fill some airtime. It's a win-win. Oh, brother. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so this topic is not a waste of airtime, huh? But you continue to censor what I would like to discuss with that old, it's a waste of airtime crack. And I don't believe what I have to say is always a waste of airtime. And hundreds of thousands of others would agree with me. Oh, where are those hundreds of thousands right now. I mean, well, they sure aren't listening to this show. No. So no, I do not give any credence to the input of imaginary people, all right? Uh, all right, well, right now I need to bring on our musical guest, okay? It's Kai Alfred Hillig, uh, who I will be speaking with a little later on in the program. Here he is. Song my heart can 
In the mirror I smile that I haven't seen in years Gonna have to carry me out Gonna have to put me down In a final way Take my life away Taking dream, release me. This is the Spider Goodman Show. This is the Spider Goodman Show. Hey, this is Cheech Marin, and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. So am I. So keep listening. It could pay off. Uh, Spud, yeah. your first guest, Donald Luge, is waiting Donald to... Donald Logue. Donald Logue is waiting Jeez. to speak with you. Uh, I don't really know who he is. He, he's an like actor, real, actor, right? Like, can he be like a real co-host for just once? Yeah. In addition to the other things he does, he, he wrote a new book, uh, it's out right now, along with actor Danny Trejo, uh, who, who is a legend as a character actor in Hollywood. It's it's Danny's memoir. As an actor, Donald himself is a very powerful presence on the screen. He's done some uh, really interesting, intense stuff, intense stuff over the years. Oh. Well, he played a bad cop really well on Gotham. Yeah. And on Sons of Anarchy, he was great, too. Well, everyone knows how much I enjoy a biker TV shows and yeah. movies. They speak to me as a biker myself. I know. You do ride a Harley, Aunt Dorothy. What I, I was just wondering, uh, have you ever been in a motorcycle club and maybe didn't share that with me? They, like, weren't a cut? Um, not yet. I have been invited a number of times to join various clubs, but I could never handle being a prospect. I don't take orders well. It, well, Mrs. Jarvis, respecting authority is a must for any responsible adult. Will you Who shut up, man? Listen? Uh, who says I'm a responsible adult? Yeah, I mean, my aunt is a badass, man. Uh, speaking of badasses, put Donald through a... Uh, I got a bunch of questions. I, I, I'm a fan. Let's go. Yeah, okay, here he is. Say hello to actor, producer, and author Donald Logue. Uh, thanks for checking in with us, man. Thank you, Spud. How's Seattle doing? Uh, excellent, excellent. So I, I want to discuss your career, as you've done so many great projects over the years, but you have a new book out, co-written with the one and only Danny Trejo, uh, a very much larger-than-life figure in Hollywood. I think that's safe to say. It's, it's titled Trejo, My Life of Crime, Redemption, in Hollywood, and is getting rave reviews. So tell us, how the heck did you end up teaming up with Danny on this book? You know, Danny and I have been really close friends for 22 years, and uh, a friend of mine who was a lit agent um, had mentioned to me that she said, you know, your friend Danny should do a book, and you should write it with him. And it was kind of this perfect stormy thing because people had approached Danny's um, agent about doing books in the past, but he just wasn't comfortable with them. He didn't know them, and... You know, for someone who was already kind of in the inner sanctum and tight with his family and his kids and his friends, like it was it was kind of perfect because he really opened up on this book and I don't think it would have happened the same way otherwise. And, uh, you know, for two years we we hung really closely and and worked on this thing. And in a weird way, the COVID shutdown 
helped us mm-hmm. because we were in this little bubble and we could just focus on this thing. But what I really want to say is that, you know, Danny's life is way more remarkable than any of the, um, the film or television jobs he's done. Those are cool, but the life story really is um, something that's so phenomenal, so inspirational. Uh, and knowing him as well as I do, uh, just my admiration for him just grew over the course of this book. And especially it, the his vulnerability and some of the other stuff that he was dealing with. And, you know, I, I think people will... Um, I think why the critical response has been so great is because it's not just some kind of I'm cool and Hollywood's cool tell-all. You know, it's... Right. It's really... It goes deep into what makes us human and um, for anyone out there who is facing something that feels kind of hopeless or difficult, whether it's addiction or a health issue or, you know, trouble with their kids or whatever, it's really this kind of weird roadmap as to um, how you can get yourself out of those situations in life. And it's never too late. It's not where you start. It's how you finish. Right. Yeah, he's well 77 said. years old, man. And what a life. Uh, yeah. Um, well, let's let's discuss you for a sec. Uh, your career, the the work you've chosen to do on the big screen and on TV, uh, for the most part, has not been standard white bread characters. You've played more than a few, let's say, conflicted individuals struggling with a variety of issues. So I, I was I was wanting to say this that I love Terriers and FX bailed on a way too soon. Season one, one season, it was ridiculous as it needed time to develop an audience. And then you know, there's other characters. You know, Gotham. You uh, you played Her- Harvey Bullock uh, and in the Sons of Anarchy. Blah blah blah. I just want to say uh, that you have uh, great taste in material. Let's just say that. Oh, thank you. And you know what's weird is we don't have as much. I don't think we have as much power to choose as people might think. It's kind of like what comes to you. And I think you know your work begets work in this way that people start to write for you or think of you in terms of creating a character and. Uh, but Terriers was the greatest gift I've ever received creatively. Um, it was Ted Griffin and Sean Ryan and Tim Minear and, uh, you know, uh, if, if people can go out there and catch it, I think it's on Hulu. Um, yep. if people are like, what can, what do you do as an actor? Say, Hey, please just watch those 13. If you don't like it, cool. If you do awesome, but, um, give Terriers that run it, it and it's awesome that Terriers has received the kind of one and done post one and done love that it has right um, well you know there's it a- deserves it was so good oh yeah absolutely and, and, and like you said it's, it's available on Hulu right now um you know, there, there's a project that you did that I never saw and really want to, uh, Dummy, that was produced for Quibi, I believe, and may it rest in peace. Uh, you played Dan Harmon, the very accomplished writer and showrunner of Community and co-creator of Rick and Morty. The storyline on this thing sounds beyond interesting. Where can we find it? I don't know. You know, Dubby, D- Dummy was on Quibi and then Quibi folded, but right. I think Dummy's still available somewhere. Where? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to Google. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna anyway. All right. I'll I'll do that when we're off the off the air. Um, yeah, Dummy was created by Cody Heller, who's brilliant, and Dan's real life uh, girlfriend. And it was you know Meredith Hagner, who's 
this comic genius who the world's all going to know very shortly. And um, Anna Kendrick, who's so brilliant. And it was really like these three women who concocted this world. And I was just kind of along for the ride. But it was it was such a, a great experience. All right. Well, you know, I read that after Terriers got the axe, you took a leave of absence from Hollywood and, and drove a truck hauling timber for a while. And now you co-own a company in Southern Oregon. Is that true? Yes, it's true. I have a couple of companies down there. Um, Ashling Trucking, and we have our own truck school, Ashling Truck Academy. And, you know, I met these two people when I got my CDL and went to uh, truck driving school. I was just so blown away by how amazing they were as human beings and teachers and patients and how much love they put into and how much experience they had in truck driving that we ended up buying an old Peterbilt and starting a company ourselves and it's grown and uh, Bud and Kathy Williams are their names and, and, and then this guy named Kevin Frizen and I because I have this ranch up there um, and we got to talking and you know he's like what do you want to do with this old airplane hangar and I was like I, I want to build a kiln and do you know I want to do hardwood and uh so we ended up starting this hardwood company, and that's a big part of my life. You know, I, I, I try and keep it buried. Um, I've got the acting side of me, and I've got the now writing side. But, um, you know, I love the Pacific Northwest. I love the yep. people. And, um, yeah, there's, there's kind of nothing more gratifying than, than building a company and watching it support families. Well... Driving a big-ass truck loaded with logs, that would be, like, the most stressful gig in the world. But anyway, um, but let me end yeah, with hey, this. By the way, all love the truck drivers out there. We take it for granted that everything in your house or in a store was brought by a truck. And, and I know from driving truck that it it's a very stressful, very difficult, demanding job. Heck They're yeah. underpaid. They're, um, you know, in, and uh, it, it's just... Uh, Driving a truck is no joke. It's intense, and uh, I, I have so much. I'm, now that I do it, I am in awe of the people who are who are over the road truckers. Absolutely, uh, uh, Spud. Yeah, if if I may. No disrespect to truck drivers, but I, I would agree that it is a very demanding profession, you know. But I gotta say, most people are not aware of how stressful my position is, as at my second place of employment at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. <laughs> Especially at the end of each month when we're battling to make our store quota, it is immense pressure. Uh, Donald, uh, just just a sec. You're comparing selling carpet and linoleum uh, to driving a large vehicle at high speeds loaded down with a few tons of timber? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I can see the similarities. What are you on, crack? Uh, yes, Gerald. I don't think you risk your life making a sale on kitchen carpeting. My God. Well... 
you have not had to sit in on one of our monthly staff meetings where they assign each of us our sales quotas. I'm continually assigned the second largest amount in the store. And if my numbers keep on improving, I could be saddled with the biggest sales quota. And, you know, that would be a mixed blessing. Sure, I would relish being the top dog, but with, with that title comes the added responsibility of closing pretty much every customer that comes into the store. There's no margin for error, Spud. Now that is pressure. Ah, no, it's not. If you come up short, you don't risk serious bodily injury or harming others. Well, but I run the risk each month of a public humiliation when they post the sales staff totals for the month. And you know me, I don't like to lose, Spud. Uh, You'd think you could rely on your extensive experience of that on here uh, as a temporary co-host of this show? uh, Temporary permanent co-host. Yeah, whatever. Just let me get back to Donald. All right, I have returned. Well, I sure hope you keep on acting, though, regardless of how big your uh, timber company gets us. You, man, you have such great taste in projects, because I know if you're in it, it's worth checking out. So let me say, I know you got to go. So let me say again that the book you co-wrote with Danny Trejo, his memoir titled Trejo, My Life of Crime, Redemption in Hollywood, is now available everywhere books are sold. Thanks so much for coming on our show. Man, thank you, and my best to Seattle. I love that town. I used to live on Queen Anne, and uh-huh. that's it. <laughs> oh, very cool. All right, Mr. Donald Logue. There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. the scoffs from seattle washington you're listening to spark goodman show who that guy sucks i used to blame society for every stupid little thing that went wrong i never took a look at me to see that i was my problem all alone we now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the spud goodman radio show we need to get back on, you know, on topic. Uh, the need for you two to hammer out a prenuptial agreement before the damn wedding. And Dorothy, I know you would never have this conversation with me if it wasn't on the air. You would just do what you always do, hang up on me, you know, when I call to bring up stuff like this and annoy you. And as we are back in the studio doing this show again, unfortunately, I don't have that option. But... I am about to go back to my house and do my laughing over the phone like we had to do the last year if you continue with this discussion. I don't think it's going to happen. You know, Mrs. Jarvitz, you will thank your nephew in the future if, God forbid, anything should happen to your marriage. You you know, if Chance violates his wedding vows. Uh, Again, in those dirty John TV episodes, so many bad things were done by men. Really, really sneaky stuff. Dorothy, you have nothing to worry about with me as you are my one true love. No one will ever come between us. You complete me. Uh, would I be correct in assuming my aunt uh, was your first? You know, uh, you know, conquest? Uh, you know, like you were a virgin until you two got together. Would uh, that be safe to uh, assume? Honey, honey, you don't have to answer that question. I am not ashamed to say publicly you were my first and still only sexual partner, Dorothy. 
My mother had always told me to wait until marriage as sex would be more special and not just some act that you occasionally did to keep your spouse happy. Did you, do you even know the answer to that? She and my dad have issues in this area, I think, but I found waiting was not working for me. Well, let me say, your mother is a very wise woman. And of course, my wife Rachel and I waited until our wedding night to consummate our love. You, you know, in the in the biblical <laughs> sense. And you can laugh, Mrs. Jarvis, but it was well worth the wait, I will say. No. I, I'm sorry to hear that you couldn't control your hormones, uh, Chance, and wait for God's blessing prior to engaging in lovemaking. That's very sad. Not only are you a hot dog, a grandstander, a showboat, and a prima donna, but you're a liar, too. Not really. You know, I've heard enough about your sex life, you guys, all right? Uh, what you need to, to talk about is the equitable distribution of all property and assets should this marriage go south. Like, what happens to your record collection, Aunt Dorothy? Surely if Chance cheats on you and everything goes up in smoke, you won't allow him to take any of your records, right? Come on. I mean, there, there are some very rare ones that I clearly, I mean, excuse me, he clearly, I do, uh, he, he won't deserve them after sleeping around on you. I think that this is your way of telling me something. Spud. You're dreaming if you think I would ever cheat on Dorothy. You know, people lie a lot, so you gotta be on your toes. It will never happen. Just like you will never get your hands on her record collection. Oh, Spud, how many times do I have to tell you that my records are something that you will not be receiving, ever? It's in my newly updated what? will that Chance has full ownership of the complete collection, including the 45s. Wow, really? Man, you know wills can always be amended. So, hey, I wouldn't get too cocky over there, Chance, right? Sure. And, and, and Dorothy, what, what about your Hummel collection? I mean, there's some really cool ones that I wouldn't mind getting, you know, when the time comes, well after the divorce and your passing. Oh, my. Yeah, you know, as this marriage will not be held in a church, from what I'm told, at least you won't be letting God down when it does end unhappily. <laughs> I, I assume that Chance will be receiving uh, 50% of your financial assets, Mrs. Jarvitz, as without a prenuptial agreement, Washington is a community property state. Oh, yeah. I got killed in two of my three divorces. I know. The last one, there's really nothing left to split up, and it's, yeah, it's still, obviously, it's why I'm still living in a studio apartment at my age. I'm beginning to see why your wife left you. And Dorothy, I'm trying to prevent you from losing half of what you have worked so hard to accumulate over the years. The only thing standing between you and a much, much smaller apartment is a prenup. It's the only protection from a 50-50 split in assets. Spud, it seems obvious you're more concerned about your future inheritance than the happiness of your aunt. I find this very disgusting. Uh, you know, he does have a point, Spud. The listeners could find this uh, discussion a bit tacky. That's maybe, right. Yeah, maybe we should table it and move on to another topic. Uh, but we haven't resolved the many questions that remain. Should they end well, up in an ug ugly court battle? Uh, at least, Chance, you have to promise here, right now, on the air, that you will not try to take half of my aunt's Social Security check, all right? Then maybe I can sleep at night. <laughs> I, Chance the Intern, would never try to take away your aunt's social security money. Or Medicare, either. Stop being weak! Uh, by the way, you can't take her Medicare. 
It's not like you could get calf implants or LASIK surgery on her Medicare card. It doesn't work that way. And also, be aware, you can't get Meals on Wheels either until you get over 65 yourself. You know, I wonder if some young gigolo could try to take... 50% of his ex-wife's medications, you, you know, and, and then, like, sell them on the street. Some of those crooked men in the, the Dirty John, John Show would stoop to that kind of thing. You really can't trust anyone. These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell. You know, I, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just pointing out the obvious, Mrs. Jarvitz. I am not in the least concerned about my sweetie Chance's intentions. Again... There is no need for any sort of financial arrangement prior to our wedding. Okay? Is that clear enough? Uh, no, no, it's not. But we, oh. we can finish this up in a bit. Right now, I need to bring on our musical guest again, all right? Okay, say hello to our returning champion, Kai Alfred Hillig. Uh, you've been on this show a few times over the years, but uh, as this is the first time we've had a, a musical guest in the studio in like, I don't know, 15 months or so, uh, this time it's kind of special, yeah, uh, at least yeah. for me, as I've really missed live music on the show. Yeah, I appreciate you having us on, Spud. Thank you. So to discuss who is us, your, your partner there. Yeah, I got James Rush with me. He uh, has produced a bunch of my records, and we've just been playing music together for like 15 years or so. So I asked him to join me here. Super. So uh, what project are you working on right now? That's what I was curious, because obviously you've had enough time to be alone in the studio to work <laughs> on stuff. Right. Well, we're working on a double record right now, actually, that we're planning on having out in fall. So that's <laughs> that's been what we've been doing during lockdown for the most part. Super. Well, speaking of lockdown, are, are there personal habits from that period of time that you might want to carry on in the foreseeable future now that, you know, we're at least temporarily out of hibernation? Like always maybe keeping 10 to 12 cases of peanut butter, stuff like that, at, you know, at, at hand all times, you know, be prepared. Right. Yeah, I might try the peanut butter thing. You know, uh, I think also canceling plans is a good habit that I'll probably continue with. Yeah, that's the one thing I'm going to miss if we're, we are out of hibernation for good is being able to get out of stuff. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Well, b before you play us a song here, is there any wisdom that you can lay on us about facing the future in a world that soon may res resemble that Mad Max Thunderdome movie? I, uh, you know, I try to sing, you know... Uh, that Monty Python song to myself. Uh, I always look on the, on the bright side of life at least once a week oh, know, that's before a I get song. out of yeah. bed because um, you know things are a little bit bleak right now. You got any anything tips on mental health issues or something? Yeah, get out and go for a walk. Get off the internet. <laughs> get off the internet. That'd be boring, but yeah, you're probably right. All right, what's the name of the song? Let's do it. This is uh, this is Drive Away. Ever been in love before? First 
get out the door It's true that I never made it But I never quit the band Just kept playing my music Goodman Radio Show. Hi, everyone. This is Olivia Newton-John, and you're on the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, Spud, your last guest, Ray Boom Boom Mancini, is holding for you. Uh, you know, I'm not familiar with uh, Boom Boom. What does he do? Uh, he's a former lightweight WBA world champion. He's a boxer, dude. I can't believe you don't know who he is. No. Oh, of course he doesn't know who he is. Gerald, I bet you have never even seen a boxing match. Am I right? Well, my wife does not allow family members to watch aggressive sporting events on TV. She feels it would cause us to turn on each other physically. So, you know, it's better safe than sorry. You can't prevent everything. 
<laughs> well, that would explain why you have never, ever known anything about a lot of the ad- athletes that we've had on this show. Yeah. Well, hang on. Sure. I was familiar with that synchronized swimmer that was on a few years ago. Now, that is an athlete. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Uh, Ray uh, has led a really interesting life, both in and outside the ring. Now he's an actor and producer. Oh, uh, has he been in anything that I might have seen? Uh, knowing what movies you watch, uh, that would be a no. Uh, just put him through, please. Uh, right, here he is. Welcome to the show, former WBA lightweight world champion boxer and now actor, Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Thanks for calling into our show, man. Right, thank you for having me, but I appreciate it. Spud, 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 Spud is all the collecting. <laughs> yeah, all right, okay. Today. Yeah, but excellent, excellent. So you have a new movie out titled 645 and is now out in Regal Theaters nationwide. Give us the basics on it. It's a, it's a time loop film. It's, it's a Groundhog Day in the, in the psychological thriller. That, that's the, in the psychological thriller uh, um, realm. Well... I'm guessing acting is a bit more of a cushy job than getting up at 6 a.m. to do road work and then hitting the gym for hours on end as a boxer? Yes, yes, it is. It's just a little bit easier. Uh, The one thing is the camera don't punch back, so I realized I wanted to do this early on. Uh, The worst thing happens is take two. But, and as you said, you don't get up to do road work. You get up and say, excuse me, I'll have a double espresso, please. No no foam. Uh, So, you know, (laughs) yeah. All right. It's a bit easier, but I got to tell you, it's also a grind too. Because you got to be mentally sharp for this business. You know, it's not so much a physical game as it is a mental game. And so, I really appreciate the fact that I've been able to uh, sustain uh, in this business uh, actually longer than I did in the fight game. And it's you know, I enjoy the process. I enjoy the collective, uh, the creative process of filmmaking, and hopefully. I'll be able to uh, be in this business for a long time. All right, super. Well, now, you're not the original Boom Boom Mancini. Your father, Lenny Boom Boom Mancini, was also a boxer. Was he pretty intense in training when you first started out as a kid in in junior boxing competitions, or was he mellow and laid back in the gym with you? You Well, first, my father was never in the gym with me. My father was never my trainer. Bob Aram, Bob Aram, the great promoter Bob Aram. Right. If you want to know what the best fight father, Bray Mancini's best father is the best fight father because he said because my father was father he knows it's, it's no good to have a father in the son's corner okay because emotions take over emotions you know in the thought process of you, it's how do you separate from being a father to being your business manager or your business or business partner mm-hmm. and he, my father told me that since i was a little kid so i had a great trainer in murphy griffith and a great manager in david david wolf my father was a fan he just was there front row every every fight so, but he's who I wanted to be. I wanted to be my father. He was my, he was my greatest hero. He was everything I wanted to be as a man, as a fighter, as a father. So, um, yeah, he's my greatest inspiration. And the funny thing is, when I turned, when I wanted to turn pro, he, he never wanted me to. He tried to talk me out of it in the worst way. Cause he explained to me, Raymond, it was depression. I had a fighter. I had to eat. You have so many opportunities because I had academic as well as athletic scholarships to go to college. Mm-hmm. I had a professional baseball offer. I had other opportunities, and he wanted me to pursue those. Uh, boxing is a very painful game. I can see, you know, I have two sons of my own. Thank God they for the, they realized early on for themselves that's something they didn't want to do. 
Right. And they said, but people would ask them, they said, no, we're going to make our name, I'm going to make my name in a different field. One son's an actor, my son Leonardo who acts in the film with me, my other son Raymond, Ray is, is a fashion designer. Wow. They're going to make their names in, in another film. All right, super. Well, well let, let me hit you with this. Uh, you know, I, I'm a boxing fan myself. What's your take on the MMA kind of yeah. taking over the spotlight these days? Because I, I didn't see this coming when it first came on the scene. Well, MMA on a regular basis, because there's many, many, more, many more MMA fights than our boxing matches, on a regular basis has beaten us. But on, on the big ones, the big pay-per-view events, six out of ten pay-per-view events are boxing events of all time. So MMA is never going to be, you know, it's never gotten to that status yet. Now, the Floyd versus uh, McGregor, yeah, I got that. But that was, you know, it was Floyd. Right, right. right. The team, you know, the, you know, I'll tell you how bad it was that people say, well, who do you think, who thinks who? And I said, are you kidding me? You drank the Kool-Aid, didn't you? That's what you knew was going to do well. Here's a guy who never had one professional fight, meaning uh, Conor McGregor. I'm talking strictly as a boxer. Every other genre, he kicks Floyd's ass. Every other genre. But Floyd was smart enough to say, oh, I'll fight you in a boxing match. And McGregor was smart enough to realize that's the only way he's going to make the big money in a boxing match. And he did it. So, uh, but but look, the MMA guys are real fighters. They're real guys. I admire a lot of these guys for what they do and, and, and their capabilities. Right, right. But boxing is something still about something about boxing considered the noble art. It's a, it's, it's a sweet science. There's something about more of an art form in boxing than there is than MMA. I'm with you on that. All right. Well, this is something I wanted to ask you. How did it feel when you first heard Warren Zevon's song about you titled, of course, Boom Boom Mancini off his 1987 album, Sentimental Hygiene? He was a massive talent who left us way too soon. But how did that feel to hear it? I was so honored. First of all, I got a call from Chris Mancini, Henry Mancini's son, who was working for... Uh, the, the record label at that time, which I'll think, I'll, I'll, I'll think of it in a minute. He was, he was living, he was working for, and he said to me, you know Warren Zevon? I said, sure, of course. Warren Zevon was alternative before there was such a term. Yep. And he, he said, um, I, I, you know, you know where was a London lawyer, wives and money, the whole, I'm mean, Warren Zevon, I loved him. And he said, well, he wrote a song on you. And I was so honored and flattered. He said, you know, is that a problem? I said, not for me, not for me at all, but I, can I hear it? And when he said it to me, and I listened to it, I was so honored in that, that guitar riff and beginning that da 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 You know, I was like, man, that's classic. And um, how about this? There's a trivia question. Do you know who's the band that played on it in, on the record? Who's the band? No. The band was the band was REM. The band was REM. Whoa! I did not know that. They're, yeah, they're the ones who played on that record. The REM was the band. So anyhow. I just was so honored and flattered by that, and that he doesn't fuck me. And that record got more play. It was a bit, for a period of time in New York and Jersey. It was the biggest requested song for a couple months. So uh, very cool. Yeah, I, I'm very flattered and very honored by that. And uh, you know, Warren Zemo was a wonderful, wonderful man, and I got to be friends with him and meet him, and and, uh, and you know, just what 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 a, what, a, what a legacy he's left behind. Right. Yes, he's, we miss him greatly. As a spud.
What? Well, if I could interject here, I don't know who that Warren Zevon is. Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon. But like like Ray Boom Boom here, I too have had a song written about me. Uh, my daughter Kelsey wrote it when she was in the fifth grade. Okay. It was called My Dad, and I have to say, if it was ever released as a record, I know it would have been a big hit. It was so catchy and had such great lyrics, you know. Uh, excuse me for a moment, Ray. I'll be right back. Dude, how could you compare your kid's song to a classic done by one of the all-time greats, Warren Zevon? Well, huh? really I don't. Good. I mean, that's like comparing a Kia to a Maserati. I don't. I don't care how catchy your kid's tune was. It's, it's not in the same league. I'm sure it was a cute little song, Gerald. But Warren Zevon was a true original artist. The fact that he's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a crime. Yeah, I would agree with that, Aunt Dorothy. He clearly should have been in there years ago. And X also, you know, hey, I've said that on the air many times. They've been screwed over too. And I'm thinking maybe that's because Xene uh, kind of went bonkers the last few years, but, but still they belong. You know... If I look around the house, I might be able to find the cassette tape with uh, Kelsey's song on it. And I tell you, whenever I hear it, I just start bawling. It is so moving. Uh, one line <sighs> said, uh, it's something like, uh, my dad is so fun. I love him more than the sun. Uh, and, and she she is a, a big suntanner. So yeah, okay. still to this day, though, uh, my wife and I, we've been telling her that she gets a bit too dark in the summer. That's all good, man. I have to wrap up this interview with Ray. Oh, yeah, Gerald. Let the man do his job. Right, right. But, you know, maybe the station would be up for playing Kelsey's song sometime. Uh, You know, not like in drive time, but later at night. You you know, uh, we we could play it. I know you wouldn't, Spud, but... No, no, I wouldn't, all right? Now zip it. Okay, I'm back. Well, I know you got to get out of here, so uh, let, let me say again, your new movie, 645, is now out in theaters so people can catch it there. Thanks a bunch for coming on our show. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. And if you like psychological, psychological thrillers, you're going to love this show. All right, super. Mr. Ray Boom Boom Mancini. My, how time flies. Uh, Mrs. Jarvitz, you know, if you're interested, regarding that prenuptial agreement we were talking about, I do know a really good attorney. He's a highly respected divorce and settlement <laughs> lawyer. Well, no, listen, he goes to our church, and I've heard he does a nice business in the area of pre-marriage financial arrangements. Oh, brother. Yeah, uh, of course, his practice is focused uh, on those outside of our church. You know, the divorce rate in the Mormon faith is so low. He, he would have to have a second or, I don't know, third job somewhere to make the ends meet. There just is no need for this type of legal service in our community. Dumbest, most offensive, and most insane things. Oh, maybe you guys learned from from your great-grandparents as getting the big D, you know, back then involved a lot of people, a lot of signatures to get for a prenup. Probably impossible, so divorce made no sense. I, I don't know how community property states, you know, handled it back then, splitting up assets for like seven or eight ex-wives. How could a husband even remember all their names and the correct spelling? Meanie. Meanie. Miney. I plan to have only one wife in my lifetime, Spud. 
Polygamy is not in the cards for us. So can we change the subject, please? Yes, let's move on well, here. Look, I'm almost done with this, but there's still a couple things I wanted to bring up. And Dorothy, you know, you, you once bought all those foot nanny products, you know, uh, the stuff Oprah raves about. Uh, I've read her. She, she loves the stuff. So since you bought a case of, of that stuff and now you don't even use it. That's what you told me. You never even touched it. Uh, I was wondering if, 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 you know, you should happen to pass on while still married to Chance. Could I? I get all your foot nanny products. <laughs> no, seriously. You know, you know, I have that problem with plantar fasciitis, and maybe it'll help with that. I don't know. Uh, and, and, and now that I know the record collection might be off the table, uh, there's, there's, it's the least you could do. There's, there's no way Chance at his age would, would need any foot products for a long time. Then that's important. Fine. I'll put it in writing that you can have all my foot nanny products, okay? Right, can score. we now change the subject? I would like to take a look at your foot nanny products, Dorothy. What? Before you do anything. Oh, well, okay. I'm not familiar with that stuff, but I might want to keep it around when I maybe develop corns on my feet like my mom. Oh, yeah, I have horrible a problem with corns myself. Uh, that's good to know. Uh, Trevor just messaged me that feeling from the control area. Actually, he messaged both of you guys, too, uh, but obviously you're too distracted oh. and not on your toes. He says we have a, a female caller. Well, that's that's... That's pretty cool, and with her take on the issue of, uh, of prenups, uh, so l let's take it. Well, I was going to tell you about the caller, but... Well, hey, uh, I actually, I was just going to inform you that there was a caller. Like a caller, caller. Are, are you there? You're on the air. So, I was, I was halfway listening a little while ago, and I heard you all talking about prenups. Right, right. Is Mrs., I believe, Jarvis still there? Yeah, yeah, my Aunt Dorothy is still with us in the studio. Uh, go ahead and ask her anything. You're you're okay with discussing this, right? Well, I suppose. Okay, I thought about, I thought my experience might be helpful to you. I'm firmly pro-prenup agreement. It saved me from serious financial damage. Oh, hey, caller, were you a victim, too, of a Dirty John-type fellow? Uh, you know, like a, a real con artist? No, 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 not really, but... I could have been totally vulnerable if I hadn't been protected. So, uh, so you like married a, a gigolo? No, but he was considerably younger than me. That's what caught my interest listening earlier. I don't know the actual difference in your ages, Mrs. Jarvitz, but I assume there's a, a bit of a gap. Heads are spinning. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think you want to know the actual number. Let's just say she's the senior member of the relationship. Well, I was 17 years older than my husband, and it oh, proved to be oh. what so many people told me before the wedding, a real generational divide. Right. He was first experiencing things that I went through many years ago. So there was a disconnect for sure. After the first year of marriage, things really started to deteriorate. He really? just couldn't hold a job. I had no problem with him hanging out with his friends playing hacky sack with them for hours on end, getting more and more tattoos, yeah. and joining a scooter club. Okay. I was even happy to buy him his first scooter. I found a used model for him, well, but he that, kept buying okay. more expensive, more tricked out ones right. every six months or so. At the end, he was driving a scooter that cost more than my Subaru. Okay, when I well, did file divorce for divorce, yeah. my attorney said without our prenup, I would have lost half my retirement fund, half the sale of my parents' house, 50% yeah. of my stock portfolio, and probably one of the two Goldens we had. Yeah, okay. I, well, I you know, um, we really don't have time to go through all the atrocities that, that could have occurred without the agreement. You just need to convince my aunt to get one of these things. Yes! 
Can I join in on this conversation? Caller, I'm nothing like that jerk you married. I am a good guy and I love Dorothy dearly. There is no need for this agreement prior to our marriage. Oh, honey, I'm sure you have the purest intentions. I don't know your name, but you're Joe's intern, right? Yes, caller, he's our intern. And frankly, I feel it's more than time for him to move on to the next stage of his life. Like, how, how long can a kid be an intern? You dick! I had every intention to leave my intern position here by now, but I need extra credit hours for my instructor to get my AA had some trouble with a couple other elective classes. Um, Caller, um, I appreciate you taking the time to call in and share your experience, but I see no need to pursue this course of action. Our future marriage will not end like yours. No offense. Chance is nothing like your ex-husband. He has a great work ethic and a high degree of integrity for one thing. What do we have to do to get you to give our people the truth? Okay, fine. I just wanted to call in and give you my story. I meant no disrespect to the young man you're involved with. I'm sure he's a really nice kid. Uh, very soon I'll be 22 years old. I'm no kid, lady. Oh, <laughs> all right. I just hope you're more mature than my ex. Let's leave it at that. Yep. I will hang up now. Good luck to you, Dorothy. Thank I wish you. you the best. Bye. I mean, I, I know I needed to speed her up, but... Uh, Maybe we can get her back on the show because there are some things I kind of wanted to. I, I wanted to really get into the dirt w- with her ex. Did yeah. we have our number on call already? Check that out, please. Yeah, I'll, I'll Do check. something constructive. I will, but and you know, you know what, Spud? She did make a good case for doing one of these agreements, don't you think, Mrs. Jarvis? Just you know, to make sure in case chance here later becomes a, a felon or something you, you don't know I, yeah i won't go that far i'm not i'm not crazy about you chance but i cannot say for sure you know you're a future junkie or bank robber there's there's no definitive proof I don't that know. would lead me to believe that at this time look alternative facts are not facts chance and i know each other very well and no one needs to be concerned about our future we will be just fine so end of discussion and I mean it, okay? All right, all right. There are a few more things I would like to go over, but we're out of time anyway. Uh, Ace, but I'll keep the card handy from that attorney I mentioned earlier, just in case your aunt changes her mind. Okay, Mrs. Jarvitz? Hey, 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 you shut your face! Oh, no. It won't be happening. There will be no prenup for us. Well, until someone says I pronounce you man and wife, it's still an option, all right? And I'm just saying... Anyway, I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, executive producer Lori Madsen, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions, engineered by Trevor Jastad, and recorded at the facilities of NWCZ Radio, associate producer TJ Pites, video director Jason W. Young of Random Whispers Studios, production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison, original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon, on-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2021 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking.